Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I'm John Fugelsang. This is Sirius XM Progress, Channel 127. Welcome to the little show that could. This is Tell Me Everything. We are so glad to have you with us. We are so grateful to Dito Badala and his team for being an incredible lead-in. Hope you guys had a great weekend. You were still making sense of everything. We're at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. We'll be taking your calls all the way till midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. on the Pacific. Right now, however, uh, I'm going to thank you guys for your patience when I get to your calls, but I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Jason Nichols back to our show. He is an award-winning full-time senior lecturer in the African-American Studies Department at the University of Maryland College Park. You may have seen or read, Jason, in The Guardian, Al Jazeera, FoxNews.com, NBC News, The Hill, and more. He's all over Al Jazeera. Zira, Newsmax, MSNBC. The man is busy. Dr. Nichols, welcome back to SiriusXM. So good to see you, sir. Thank you, John. Thanks. It's always great to be here. Well, hey, you know what? You and I are probably having a better week than Ron DeSantis, so let's talk about it. Uh, You know, I want to ask you, before I get your thoughts about last night, let me ask you this, Jason. What are the odds that Ron DeSantis bounces back from that, that in six months or a year, journalists are talking about after a very rocky start? Remember way back in the spring of 2023 when Ron DeSantis, what was that Twitter thing all about? He's come a long way since then. I keep wondering if there's going to be a lot of Bill Clinton comeback kid narratives using this. Um, because it's too easy to just make fun of what a amateur clusterfuck it was, sir. Yeah, I mean, it was it was terrible. Um, I think, you know, it also really looked bad for for Twitter as well. But I think Ron DeSantis, um, the chance that he comes back from it, I don't think it's impossible. I think that, you know, there's a chance that he could come back in a GOP primary, particularly if Trump's uh legal troubles really start to take hold. I think it's possible that he can beat out the other candidates. I don't find him to be special when I look at the other candidates involved, when I look at a Tim Scott or I look at a Nikki Haley or I look at a Mike Pence. Like, I don't see, I mean, he's higher profile right now, but I think once we get into the fray of of the GOP primary, I'm not sure he's going to stand out that much, but, (laughs) you know, we'll see. Um, 
He's going to have a lot of money on hand. He's got $200 million already. I mean, he's going to be able to hang in there a long time, and he seems to be the establishment choice at this point, except for the possibility of Chris Christie, who I still think could surprise everybody. I think everyone else, as you and I have discussed, is running for vice president, sir. Yeah, I I don't see. I don't think Chris Christie has much of a a chance. I think Chris Christie, um, he is too out of step with the MAGA base at this point. Oh, I agree. They they run the party. You know what I mean? They are on the ground. They run the party. I don't think he's he's going to be able to tap into whatever it is that that they like. Um, I think Trump is is their guy. Some of them don't like to see Trump and DeSantis fighting, but others Hmm. say, you know, that DeSantis has been disloyal to Trump. And, you know, Trump has said this. I can't stand it when Trump talks about people being disloyal to him. What does that mean? He means disobedient. He doesn't mean loyalty goes two ways. Whenever Donald Trump talks about loyalty, he really means obedience, doesn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no question about it. Um, when he said, uh, what was it, that uh, American Jews are disloyal, mm-hmm. um, you know, which I would think is a pretty anti-Semitic statement. But somehow these things seem to roll off his shoulder whenever he states them. Um, I, you know, with DeSantis, I think he kind of has a point. <laughs> like he has a point about like De- DeSantis basically built his. A political career on Donald Trump, on the fact that he was so grateful to Donald Trump and that oh, yeah. he was a Trump acolyte. And now all of a sudden he's like, let's bury Trump and let's move on. And I'm the guy. There's there's, you know, there's a little bit of a point to what Trump is saying there. No doubt. No, no doubt. And the very fact that Trump has a valid point makes it all the better because he Trump has every right to call DeSantis out on this. And I think it's beautiful to watch it happen because it's true. DeSantis was a groveling supplicant. I'm sending Chris the ad right now so Chris can play it. But the 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 main ad that DeSantis did when he ran for governor of Florida, the ad that got the most attention nationwide was the ad where Casey DeSantis, his wife, was, you know, talking about how her husband had an addiction to Donald Trump. And it, it was kind of embarrassing. And the entire thing is the most unmanly ad I've ever seen someone do. I'm sending it to Chris so he can play it. But I mean, that's how he launched the entire career, Jason. And yeah, you know, I've always said I will agree with Donald Trump when he's right. And he's right. Yeah, yeah no, he, he's right about that. We're not right often, but he was he's right about that. I think DeSantis, we're going to see how he weathers um, a lot of the attacks he's going to get from not only Donald Trump, but I think the other candidates smell blood in the water. They they yeah. see that DeSantis has that 23%. They want a piece of it. So I think you're going to see attacks from <laughs> Tim Scott. You've already seen Nikki Haley go after him. However, unsuccessfully, you're, you're going to see Mike Pence is going to get in there. And they're all, all of- doing that to audition for Trump. They're all doing it to audition Absolutely. for Trump. And the irony will be, I think DeSantis is just playing survivor here, and it's not about outplaying. With Trump, it might be about outlasting. There will be more indictments coming. Fonnie Willis is going to indict him. Jack Smith, he's going to have federal indictments. He's going to have to show up for the beginning of his trial in New York City 20 days after Super Tuesday. There's a very good chance that Ron DeSantis might be the one picking of VP picks when this is all done. Yeah, no, that, that's that's very possible. And I was listening, uh, you know, to Ron DeSantis today. He was on Newsmax today talking mm. to Eric Bowling. Uh, and, he, you know, it was a crazy interview in terms of the things that he was saying. But 
he he came across better than I've seen him in the past. I mean, he obviously is not very good at retail politics. This is why he did that launch the way he did. He's not good at kissing babies and shaking hands and, and all of that. He is much more, he wanted this controlled kind of safe space on Twitter where he's being asked questions by Elon Musk. And by the way, Elon Musk showed how out of step he is with the real world. Twitter is not the real world. I want everybody to understand that. So most Americans, even conservatives, are not Twitter freaks and always on Twitter. So Elon Musk is talking about cryptocurrencies or excuse me, digital currencies and ESG and stuff that people don't even know about and that only billionaires are thinking about. But, you know, and they're having that conversation of instead of like, kitchen table issues, you know? And it's funny how Trump is running to the left of Ron DeSantis on abortion. That's on right. Entitlements like, like Social Security and Medicare. And it's smart, and it's smart. It's very smart, particularly because DeSantis's argument is that Trump can't win a general election. And I think Trump is gonna throw it back at him. And, and by, be like, by the way, that's a good argument too. Very good argument. Yeah, no. It's a very strong said the only ones who can win are me and Joe Biden. And I was like, yeah, he's right. Yeah, no, I I think he is, too. But I think DeSantis Trump is going to throw it back at him like a six week ban is not going to win a national election. You know, it's not going to grab. And, you know, the same thing. uh, I love that we find so much to agree with on both of them when they're attacking each other. Jason, isn't this refreshing? I I, I never agree so much with both Trump or DeSantis as when I'm discussing their attacks on each other. It's kind of lovely. Right. Right. Absolutely. No, it's it's great to watch. It's going to be must see TV over the next couple of months. Uh, Hopefully not must see Twitter, because then we'll have lots of glitches and 20 minute waits. But that's the Daily Wire, I'm afraid, Jason. They're all moving all their podcasts over there. I mean, I think it's fair to say, and I said this last night, that that Elon Musk is a far right activist who has turned Twitter into a far right social media site for conspiracy theories and racists and anti-Semites and liars and people who spread disinformation about health and people who hate transgender and non-binary people, people who want to commit violence on public health officials. He has made it a place for white nationalists and January 6th defendants to feel free. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I can't remember the last time I sent a tweet. <laughs> like, honestly, I know. I'm really not on it like that anymore. Um, so I, and I, I suspect I'm not alone. You know, I've been doing the, you know, I haven't really figured out blue sky yet, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm I'm working on it too. Um, but you know, and it's tough because, you know, we, we built up these Twitter followings over years and you know, now it's just like, I realized number one, it's not real life. Like I'd rather be around my family and my kids and my neighbors and my friends. Uh, and social media is corrosive and bad for your mental health and particularly bad for children's mental health. So if yeah. we actually wanted to find a a bipartisan issue, it would be talking about big tech and social media. But, you know, again, now that conservatives have their guys, all of a sudden they love big tech. <laughs> you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Of course, <laughs> everything has changed and they don't care about the kids mental health. They'll 
go after Target or they'll go yeah, after. That's well, yeah, they, they hate cancel culture unless they're going after Target. And, you know, right. it, you, you parents should be able to make your own choices with masks and COVID, but not when it comes to your children's gender identity. It's like whatever works today. And they don't care about the hypocrisy because they know their base doesn't care about the hypocrisy, which leads us to this ad. Chris has it all queued up. This is the greatest ad I've ever like. I post this, Jason, and everyone thinks it's a sketch. And it's really not. This is from from uh, six years ago. This is Casey DeSantis narrating as her husband is on the ground, exploiting their little baby in an ad to build a wall out of blocks. And Ron DeSantis acts like the most sycophantic winged monkey toady bootlicker you have ever seen. Roll it, Chris. Everyone knows my husband, Ron DeSantis, is endorsed by President Trump, but he's also an amazing dad. Ron loves playing with the kids. Build the wall. He reads stories. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part. He's teaching Madison to talk. Make America great again. People say Ron's all Trump, but he is so much more. Big league. So good. I just thought you should know. He's standing over the Ron DeSantis for governor. I mean, it's it's one thing to exploit your children, but to exploit your children in an ad when you're a groveling supplicant before this reality show lech. I just I mean, Donald Trump's got all he needs with that ad. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be funny to see how Donald Trump goes after him. We've seen, I think, his super PAC talk about how he eats, you know, uh, pudding with his fingers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, and again, running to the left of of Ron DeSantis, um, I think it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how this all comes together. I think Ron DeSantis, if, if there is a debt ceiling uh, agreement, um, which, all you know, it, it's all kind of tragic, in my opinion. But if yeah. there is an agreement on the debt ceiling and our economy doesn't absolutely sink and tank. We're going to see Florida's economy injured slightly. And I think that could hurt Ron DeSantis in the lead up because, you know, I think people are going to say, wait a minute, you're losing jobs, you're losing Disney, you're losing, you know, you're, you're hurting farmers in, in central Florida. Like, you know, I think people are going to start to notice that some of these hardline culture war items are not necessarily good for the state in the long run. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they, they, you know, the NAACP put out that travel advisory. And I'll tell you, I was around conservatives, Florida conservatives. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. And and, and as a matter of fact, uh, Ron DeSantis said it tonight uh, on Eric Bowling's show where he basically made fun of, uh, you know, the NWP and said, you're going to come anyway. You're going to come to Florida. I keep trying to tell all of my brothers and sisters, I'm like, look, they are literally laughing in your face. Now, their argument, I think, is the dumbest argument I think I've ever heard. So they they, one of the arguments that they keep making is, um, well, the chairman of the NAACP lives in Florida. He lives in Tampa. By the way, Tampa is deep blue territory in Florida. But yeah. um, he lives in Florida. And I'm like, okay, so let, let's take the logic of that. So that means in 1960, let's say, a black man who lived in Mississippi couldn't warn people that Mississippi might not be a good place to visit. <laughs> 
Like it, it literally makes zero sense. Zero. Yeah. You know, exactly. I but always, again, but but like but there's another sign of like this is just the us versus them mentality that that's how, you know, OK, maybe not a bigot, but you're you're a racist. And, and what gets me is the smart play for DeSantis would be. And I think Trump could even probably figure this out. But the smart play for DeSantis would be get a photo op with NAAC people right now. Have a listening session. Don't act like you're woke, but just act like you're respectful. Take the racism argument away. That's how you win in the general. But Ron DeSantis, Jason, doesn't seem to care about winning the independents and moderates in the general. He keeps on trying to be more racist than Trump. They keep on treating the entire country like it's a Republican primary, not realizing you're going to have to shake the edge of sketch on some of this after you get the nomination. Well, I think, yeah, I I mean, I I do think he had a strong answer to that. I I have to give it to him. And his answer was Florida was a swing state when he came in. And now, you know, he won Florida by like eight points. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, I think some of that are the lot of the transplants from the Midwest who have moved to Florida. You know, that's why you see somewhere like the villages, the infamous villages. I got family there. Yeah. Yeah. They're expanding and they're enormous and they're super white and they're super old. And, you know, I think it was uh, it's funny. I was having a conversation with uh, a congressman, uh, a Republican congressman whose name I won't say, but, you know, from Florida, you probably can guess who he is. But at any rate. (laughs) He was saying that, you know, STDs in the villages, you know, they have an incredibly high STD rate, um, Mm -hmm. despite that these are old people because people are just, you know, drinking and partying. And I've been I have family there. Yeah. The STD rates of the villages are astonishing. I mean, these they're using these little golf carts and really getting around. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think also you're not worried about some woman in the villages getting pregnant. So exactly. you know, that, that's part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I think it's a lot of the transplants are coming in or conservative coming from conservative places. They're coming from, you know, these cold Midwestern areas. They're moving to places like the villages and that has shifted the di- the, the demographics. The other it's thing true. is, as I've said a million times, and I don't know, I, I'm one man, I can't fix it. Um, but the media ecosystem in Florida and in many of these states, including, I think, to a certain extent, even Texas and Arizona, but in Florida in particular, uh, the media infrastructure is so right wing and so strongly right wing and particularly the Spanish language media. Tell me. So, you know, the. Democrats think they can go down there two weeks between, before an election, run an ad in Spanish, and they're going to win. You know, run mm-hmm. a 30-second ad or 15-second yeah. ad. Whereas you can listen to talk radio in Spanish with some Cuban-American guy who yeah. would tell you that, hey, these people are socialists. They want to destroy you. They want to turn America into Venezuela. It's all abortion, too. It's all abortion, abortion, abortion for the Catholics. Yeah. Nonstop. Absolutely. And so I'm telling you, left wing media really needs to be strengthened. We need something like your show to be everywhere, you know, and and we need people who speak other languages doing, you know, left wing um, media because the media, they they swung Puerto Ricans in Florida. 
The majority of Puerto Rico, that was the, the, the saving grace. It was like, okay, they have 900,000 Cubans, but they're 800,000 Puerto Ricans, particularly after, after no, Maria. It, but, you, yes. but you know why this is. I mean, this, this channel we're on is a very, very special place, this, this progressive channel on Sirius XM, because in, in terrestrial radio, and I know this from a lot of personal experience, um, the companies like iHeart that own these stations, the CEOs don't like turning on Tom Hartman and hearing about how our taxes should be raised. It's really hard <laughs> yeah. to get any kind of progressive talk radio going because you can't do it without the funding behind it. And the people behind the funding, you know, the media is as liberal as the corporations that own it. Right. Absolutely. No, that, that's a that's a really good point. Um, and, you know, it's really hard to do listener supported radio. I've, You're I've, telling me. I, know I, people, I always say this is why this is why you don't hear any labor stories on MSNBC. It's it's not really liberal. It's pro Democratic Party, but it's not really liberal. Right. I, I would love to have you on MSNBC, so don't say no, that they, too loud. They, they let me on every now and then. I used to do it a lot. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. This is Progress. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I'm John Fugel saying this is progress after dark. Let me ask you about this, uh, this, this boycott of Target. I began the show talking about this one tonight because, you know, the fake Christians get me all riled up. And this guy, Sean Foyt, who is not dating Lauren Boebert, I've been told many times. But, you know, the, these, these revoltingly false Christians who openly brag about Christian nationalism, which is an insult to Jesus, if you've read the book, uh, they're calling for a boycott of all the Target stores. The same people who've been decrying cancel culture are trying to cancel Target for the crime of insufficient hatred towards marginalized people. Target has a couple of displays up for Pride Month. Smart capitalism does this. Smart capitalism tries to reach out to LGBT uh, buyers and their friends and young people by expanding the, their reach like this. They were, the whole first scene of Mad Men, it, the, one of the recurring plots is, should we reach out to the Negro market? And it shows Madison Avenue debating about whether they should begin advertising to African-American families. So when I see what Target's doing to gay and trans people, I'm just like, ah, look at you reaching out, trying to sell to people who don't normally go to Target. I don't really understand the Christian argument for vandalizing stores or boycotting stores because they're not cruel to the least of these. Well, look, I'll tell you because, you know, I'm on a primetime conservative TV show. Yeah, indeed. Monday through Friday. And I'll tell you what they say. They say, oh, well, this is being marketed to children and that, you know, they're trying to 
brainwash children. And then it, they start getting into the whole thing about uh, what they call genital mutilation. And, Always. And, yeah. But you never notice they, 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 they never brainwash children to hate gay people. They only brainwash children to not hate gay people. I hear the argument all the time. I mean, right. they, they, they groom children to be bigots against groups that never bothered them. And not to put too fine a point on it, but I'm sure you heard about the attorney general report in Illinois this week showing that the diocese molested over 1,900 minors over a course of 70 years. And so they're boycotting Target because children might get molested by a rainbow poster at a shoe section. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense. First of all, you know, if you're saying they're trying to to do this to our children and it's like, OK, a two year old in a onesie with a with a, you know, pride flag, that's not going to change anybody. Like, it's not like two year olds are shopping you know, for it. Like these are adults who are buying four children and it might have a rainbow flag. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I really don't see the big problem with that. And there was an, another ad that they were talking about. They're like, it's really because they don't like to see the exposure of people who are different. So, yeah, um, you know, it's like the people who said they were going to boycott Star Trek because there was an interracial kiss or like. That's right. The people, uh, you know, and, and just recently North Face had an ad for Pride Month with a drag queen. That's right. Um, and they're like, yeah, they're aiming stuff at the children. And I'm like, I just watched the ad. That's not about a child. There's no children anywhere near that. You know, this is all mm -hmm. made up, manufactured. It was a grown person trying to sell some overpriced jackets. That's you know right. what I mean? And it's all marketing. <laughs> These people don't really, and, and I'll say this for the corporations, they don't really care about you know, like trans they care about profit. They care about they care profit. About profit and money. Exactly. That's all they you care know? about. Yes. Yeah. When, but when I, I the first time I saw Budweiser have a float at a gay pride parade, I'm like, good for you, Bud. You're going to sell to a new demographic. That's all it's about. It's not. a. That's yeah. why I always say that big business was, a, uh, you know, a, 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 an accidental hero in the civil rights movement. They brought about a lot of equality. When Ikea showed a gay couple shopping together 25 years ago, it shocked people, but it broke the ceiling on this. And it was right. a way that, yeah, business can show business. Capitalism can bring social progress, not because I'll they're good people. Just because they want to make a buck. Right. Absolutely. And and I'll tell you this, John, um, I might upset some of your listeners when I say this, but go ahead. They can handle I it. hope I hope that my fellow brothers and sisters, black folks will boycott Florida the way that that the conservatives boycott Bud Light. If we were even as effective as they are with Bud Light, Florida would be changing its tune. I promise you. Yeah. But they're, you know, they don't even take us seriously. They're laughing at us. They're like, you're going to come to Urban Beach Week anyway. You're going to come to South Beach. You're going to buy that overpriced hamburger on South Beach. You're going right. to do all it, black people. And it's because they literally don't respect you or your money. And but yet, they did, but they did boycott Bud Light. They did it effectively. And now Anheuser-Busch has lost $15 billion. So maybe we should put our money where our mouth is. And unfortunately, it looks like there's going to be like, if we go down this path, 
there's going to be red brands and blue brands. <laughs> like, I think you're it, right. It doesn't make sense. But I mean, there's going to be there's already going to be blue social media. That's why I'm on Blue Sky or <laughs> you know or Mastodon because Twitter is a little getting a little too red for me. Oof, um, yeah. You're, you're not lying. Uh, Jason, um, but before I, I, I lose you, I, I would be most remiss, sir, if I didn't ask you about your thoughts on everybody's least favorite springtime miniseries, The Dead Ceiling Fight. Uh, worst reboot, worst spring reality show. Apparently, all parties have left D.C. for a four-day weekend, which we pay for, um, with the advisory they might have to return uh, on a 24-hour's notice. Is this uh, good? Is it a good sign that they think they can go away for the weekend and then come back and just announce whatever deal they've made next week, three days before the deadline of the world ending? Or uh, is this should we all start being terrified and screaming and setting our hair on fire? I think we should have been terrified a month ago. Um, I think we should be <laughs> we should be terrified by the fact that this is even happening. And and that's another thing. I feel like McCarthy and Republicans politically are getting away with this. Like, so I really fun. feel like they're getting away with it. Like, this should be outrage amongst the entire country. But yet they're saying we don't like, you know, they're, they're packaging in this politically really smart really smartly. What they're saying is we need to cut down on spending. When you say that to an American who, who isn't somebody who's, you know, dialed into politics like you and me, they're like, yeah, let's get spending under control. That makes sense. But then when you're like, what are you going to spend less on? Education? Mm-hmm. Are you going to spend less on health care? That's right. You think you shouldn't get your Medicare or your Medicaid or your Social Security or your vet benefits? Where, where are we going to cut that spending? Because they're not going to cut it from defense. So so where are these cuts that you want to yeah. come from? And by and, the way, and, they're demanding you know, increases in defense spending and an increase in the border spending. That's part of their cost cutting bill they're putting forth. It's, just, it's right. madness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it would. So there are some places where I could see, you know, a negotiation outside of the debt ceiling. Like, you know, the thing about spend, you know, un, unspent covid funds fine right you know okay yeah cool. no one's gonna care i'm not tripping on that but like when you're talking about trying to undo a lot of what has been done a lot of you know what we're getting out of the infrastructure deals and and the uh the inflation reduction act and all of that that's going to be so helpful for so many people um you know i think that that's a real issue the other thing that we have to remember and hold Democrats, some Democrats accountable for, is uh, the fact that there are Democrats who voted with Republicans to repeal the student loan relief and want people to pay the interest on the time during the pause on student yep, loan that's payments. Right. That's right. You know, I, I think it's it's despicable. It's disgusting. Um, we have. You know, again, I I also think Democrats are missing an opportunity to pass some sort of legislation on the cost of college, like to bring the cost of college down rather than doing it on the back end and forgiving debt. Let's actually lower the cost of of college, which, by the way, was started by Republicans and started particularly by Ronald Reagan. That's right. Um, And trust me, same guy who started amnesty, same guy who started amnesty. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And, and trust me, your professor in the for the most part, I won't say that all the time, but 
your your instructor, your professor, your adjunct, whoever, they're not getting the money. I promise you That's that. Right. You know, it's not going to the, to the staff. It's not going to the, to the maintenance person who cleans the toilet when you puke in the dorms. I know. You know, yep. like just like when you increase, just like when they, whenever they say increase defense spending, that money's not going to the troops. No one's wife is yeah. getting off food stamps at the base because they increase defense spending. That money's all going to defense contractors, and in some cases, a stupid fucking racist medieval wall. That's where your money goes to for the Pentagon budget. Exactly. No, I mean. That's absolutely a fact. And we, we, we've got to start calling this stuff out. Um, and this is, again, why I think, you know, the left, I don't know how to do it, but they, we've got to, I feel like we're losing the media war. We're seeing CNN is going to the right. Uh, as you said, That's MSN. That's going to fail. That's not going to they're not getting the ratings. Trust me, as evil as John Malone's heart is when he sees how bad the ratings are and he's getting heckled at commencement speeches, CNN's going to turn around in two months and start going back to the middle again. They always do this. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I I don't know. I mean, well, they're all following money that 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 they're as liberal as 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 their options are when it comes to money. Yeah. And and I think, you know, cable news is, you know, I don't want to say too much, but I think it's kind of dying anyway. So I think. There, we we need to be at the forefront of whatever's next, whatever medium is next. And we've got to get it out there to the right people. we got to get back some of the Latinos, particularly in, in Florida. we got to start winning those wars in the information war. Because right now, I'm going to tell you straight like that, that we are losing on this, on unfortunately, on the LGBT issue. You and I are having a... a a conversation about it but i believe when you talk i get people friends of mine who i think are smart people who are like i don't know about this transgender thing you know no. what i mean guess what two things to that number one young people are not growing up with these hang-ups that our generation has when it comes to trans people and these hang-ups are going to look very grotesque in 20 years when those young people are the the people voting and the adults and number two uh roe v wade is going to drive a lot more people to the polls than feeling icky about transgender people yeah i i hope so i hope you're right um you know because they are framing this making kind of the turf argument and framing this about women's sports and feminism and all these kinds of things. <laughs> don't call me woke, Governor DeSantis. Please don't call me woke. Yeah, I mean, Jason, we're we're out of time. I'm so, so sorry. Chris is playing the music. What is the best way for our listeners to follow you, Dr. Nichols, and keep up with all your doings? Well, you can definitely follow me on on um, Facebook at Jason Nichols or at Jason Nichols, Ph.D., whichever one you choose. I'm cool. And with Blue either. Sky. <laughs> yeah, and Blue Sky, uh, Instagram, trying to stay away from from Elon's pet project. Uh, but I'm there too. You can find me there if you need. Thank you, Dr. Nichols. Have a great Memorial Day to you and your family. Be well. We'll be right back with your calls. This is Progress. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. Tell me everything with John Fugelsang. Imagine being so insecure that you're that woman and you're terrified of leaving your abusive husband, who's the band leader. Just incredible. I can Tina Turner, River Deep, Mountain High. But isn't this the... This is Phil Spector, right? But is, isn't this uh, uh, the song that like, basically Ike was kicked out of, the, out of the session? Like he wasn't allowed to have anything to do with it? It was all Phil? That's actually true, yeah. It was just like, well, listen, uh, why don't you go take a walk? We got this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's actually true. The, the story behind the song, it was uh, it was very expensive when they were recording this one. Uh, it, it's been listed as one of the greatest, you know, 500 greatest songs of all time. But Phil Spector had seen Ike and Tina play in Hollywood, and he invited them to be on his TV show. And he was he was really into her, and he wanted to put Tina with the Wrecking Crew. He didn't really care about having Ike's guitar on it. And so he made the steal. He went to Ike and Tina's house. Phil Spector did. Imagine that. Imagine Ike and Phil Spector sitting in the living room and your Tina having to watch this while they negotiate you. And he said, hey, I want to put her with the wrecking crew, do the big wall of sound thing, and I'm going to produce it. And Ike said he would only do it if it could be credited to Ike and Tina Turner, not Tina on her own. So she did it. It cost like $22,000 to record this, which was insanely expensive at the time. They had a bunch of rehearsals and they were laying it down. And finally, uh, she couldn't do it. She tried to sing it and she couldn't reach. Like Phil Spector wasn't satisfied. A week later, she came back with Ike. And Phil, you know, can be abusive. I don't know. Phil Spector had a temper. Don't you know this? He once pulled a gun on Leonard Cohen and pointed it at Leonard Cohen's head. 
And he said, Leonard, you know, I love you, don't you? And Leonard said, I certainly hope so, Phil. But he was freaking out, and he made Tina sing the song over and over and over again. She was drenched in sweat. She said, I must have sung that song 500,000 times. I had to take off my shirt and stand in there in my bra to sing because she sweats so much. Brian Wilson was there, and he said he, he was transfixed the entire time, never said a word. Obviously, whatever Phil did, whatever dark magic he imposed on Tina, it worked. And when he inducted them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 91 together, he said, in, and Ike was in jail at the time, he said in his speech that he had invited Ike to play guitar in the session, but that Ike never showed up. So yeah, a lot of drama behind that one. But uh, Leon Russell is playing keyboards. So there's some trivia for you. And guess who's playing guitar in that song? Glenn Campbell. Oh, me. Oh. oh, and Chris Hauselt was on uh, Lee Triangle. Hey, happy birthday. To a friend of the show, Tommy Chong is 85 years young today. That's, and someone has to warn him that weed's a gateway drug to heroin before it's too late. Uh, happy yeah, birthday to Bobby man. Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby Dylan, born this date in 1941. Happy birthday to Gary Berghoff. Radar O'Reilly is 80 years old today. It's also the birthday of Priscilla Presley, Patti LaBelle, uh, Jim Broadbent. Born in the state in 1949. I don't think he's in the Indiana Jones sequel. Happy birthday to Alfred Molina, friend of the show, Roseanne Cash. Happy birthday to Kristen Scott Thomas. The late Heavy D was born this state in 1966. I'm John Fiegel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. I can't believe I just gave a whole Tina Turner history lesson. But, I mean, just imagine Ike Turner and Phil Spector. Who's creepier? Who's weirder? Bill in New Jersey, welcome. You're on progress. Hello. Oh, it's not picking up. Tina, can you pick up Bill? Tina, listen to me. Thea, I'm thinking about Tina. Can you pick up uh, Bill in New Jersey, please? Hello. Pick me up. Yeah, I'm reading your name, and I know you want to talk about Tina, and that's why I called out for Tina. What's up, Bill? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I saw her in 1968. Oh. Jimi Hendrix at the oh. uh, uh, garden. And, Amazing. Uh, it was I can tina together. I can tina. I can tina together, right? In '68. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. '68. With Jimmy Hendrix. Uh, uh, hello. Yeah, with Jimi Hendrix. Oh, Chris okay. is incredulous. Uh, Go on. Yeah, it, it was on a rotating stage, which was interesting, and there was just a whole bunch of guys following as the stage went around, just you know aping at her and stuff but it was because uh, she had on a mini dress but uh it was what year was this was this 1970 68 68 go ahead tell me more yeah i think i think it was november anyway i don't know it was my second concert after seeing uh dave clark five in 64 uh but anyway <laughs> um but uh, yeah, yeah, no, she was great, and uh, of course Jimi Hendrix, and he did the fire thing and everything. Um, I was going to ask you a question: Did you ever go to the Capitol Theater in Passaic? No, I never have. Oh, you never did. Well, it's no. closed now. Uh, it, my hometown is where I'm from, and my uh, great uncle uh, uh, built it. But uh, they. And uh, it, it was swing for quite a while. I mean, the year I graduated, 1972, I'll just read a couple of the 34 um, shows that were on. Blood, Sweat, and Tears, B.B. King, Chuck Berry, New Rise, Purple Sage, Richie Havens, uh, Beach Boys, Loggins and Messina, West Bruce and Lang, The Kinks, uh, Lindisfeld, um, 
Frank Zapp and Mother's Invention, Tim Buckley, Jay and the Americans, The Platters, Brooklyn Bridge, Drifters, The Crystals, The Angels, and The Capris on one night. And Boskags, Wet Willie, John Mayo, Dr. Hook, The Medicine Show, Hot Tuna, Commander Cody, uh, wow. Incredible String Band, Jim Croce, T-Rex, Doobie Brothers, Ginger Baker, and there's more. But anyway. Wow. Um, I'm proud by how many of was- those artists I know. Yeah, and uh, that was in, in one year, the year I graduated. And the funny thing was I worked at a drugstore, and the guy who was the farm, fire marshal in Passaic uh, worked there as well, I don't know, since there was a second job or something. So he got us all free tickets all the time because he's the fire marshal, and he could close the thing down. So I am going to go uh, on the Internet and spend all week trying to look up what the set list was for Ike and Tina Turner opening for uh jimmy hendrix in 1968 at madison square garden because that's just that's just too crazy because i know the the next year was was get your yayas out when they were opening for the stones as well so i'll try to uh, find that i I could be i could be tripping as a long time ago but i pretty much remember and i got the ticket stuff somewhere Um, okay but anyway uh yeah that 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 was a, a good time and uh um I, I I just I, I loved that period of time. I wish you were around then, but uh, I was do? not around then. It was great. Not around, but well, I can we, dream. Yeah, but we could go see all those concerts like every night. And, uh, and how much did it cost? Well, what would it cost? Like two dollars? Some I think between two and depending on how many bands you know uh, yeah. were playing, you know, the, the Dead and the Allman Brothers or whatever. Right. And, I think I think the most I ever paid was maybe nine dollars for a ticket, something like wow. that. Wow! Um, you but, know what? Uh, I got to be honest. I'm going through the internet trying to find when Jimi Hendrix played the Garden in 1968. I I, I haven't found it yet, but uh, I'm I'm looking. Oh, I didn't know Jimi Hendrix played oh. Stony Brook University in 1968. Now I have a whole new devotion and bootlegs in my life. Uh huh. Well, I could be wrong, but I I thought it was 1968. I'd have to find it, but uh, they played at one point. Uh, there's might be I 70. Live talk about it. what might be 70 it could have might it could have might been be 70. 70. you said it was november i think it was november mm, looks but like i'm also 69 years old okay nice okay yeah we'll um, figure it out yeah anyway but I, it was fun at that time and at the same time uh my father was a friend at uh, uh one of the guys who ran mca records and I got on a list and used to send me all these cutout records of stuff that hadn't been released, all kinds of like, you know, uh, like 10 bands on a, on a group. And I still got all that stuff. They were nice. like for, I guess, a few people or something. But he kept sending me records until I went to college. I said, OK, it's enough already. Bill, let so me I ask you a question. Do you ever, I, do you ever I go found to, it? I found what, it. You found it? I've been looking for it this whole time. Where, where is it? What year What year it. did Bill see Ike and Tina open for? So, so he's got it all wrong. It's it's November oh. 27th, 1969. 1969. They're opening, right yeah. they're opening for the Stones. It was Ike and Tina with Jimi Hendrix. With Jimi Hendrix. Jimi came out and played with them on Land of a Thousand Dances, and he came out and played with them on Paper Airplanes. Okay. And then I they did, saw, res- uh, then listen to this set list. They did Respect, then yeah. Son of a Preacher Man, Dusty Springfield, Patina singing, then Come Together, then they did Proud Mary Tina. with Janis Joplin. I've seen those photos of huh? Tina and Janis singing. That was the night you were there, right? Janis Joplin came out at the end of the set? I guess so. I mean, I I remember it was uh, um, 
I don't remember her playing with with Jimmy or anything like that. But, but I maybe you had a good time that night. Yeah, it was a bit. Oh yeah, well I was high. I think it's the first time I tried hash. And, uh, <laughs> oh well. Uh, then you missed Janis Joplin singing "Proud Mary" with Tina to close the show. But the po- the oh, photos are I out there. Janis Joplin in uh, Asbury Park with uh, James Cotton Blues Band. Oh man, now you're just and bragging. I saw, uh, this is unseemly. Uh, the band. The Grateful Dead and the Allman Brothers in uh, Watkins Glen, New York in 1973. Oh, I, I saw the band, but I saw it years after Robbie left when it was just the three guys and a bunch of session players. Um, so uh-huh. I, I can't really compare on that one. But uh, uh-huh. I did see the Grateful Dead. I saw right. them with Jerry for their last two shows in New York. But yeah. listen, I'm going to get, I, listen, here's what you do, Bill. Go online and go to setlist.fm. This is, I'm uh-huh. going to give you your weekend. Setlist.fm. Go to that website and enter any concert uh-huh. ever, and you'll see the set list. And it sounds like you've got a lot of memories. They have them all listed. You can go back and see. Chris and I just were able to read the set list of the show you saw. It's a great, great thing for nerds to nerd out on. And you can go back to any uh, concert you ever saw, well, if you remember roughly the year and the venue, and you can see every song they did. Well, in the in the, the later 70s, I moved to Chicago, and I got involved in the blues thing that was going on. And there was still the second battle of the blues between... Uh, uh, Muddy Waters and the Howlin' Wolf wow. that was going on across town, and uh, Tom Waits was always around. Like okay, Chris, he's just bragging now. He's just he's just bragging to us young kids. That's all yeah, you're doing. Well, it, it was a great time to be there, especially for the you know if, if you like the blues. That's what really turned me on, and I realized I've never really heard a bad blues song. I've heard plenty of bad rock songs, mm. but uh, blues. Well, was, I mean, it's, the, it's probably the first. Uh, um, music it came out you of, haven't heard enough white like, guy out of shape white guys playing the blues in bars like i did in the 90s there's 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 some bad uh, blues playing out there let me introduce you to J, jd in the straight shot <laughs> jd in the straight mm. wow. you know george um, carlin's and, george carlin's bit from uh, you were all diseased about white guys playing the blues it's just brilliant i saw i think i saw him in uh Pisaic at the capitol theater uh, what is going on? This is just what? This guy's like my brother. Like, like you've, you're like my brother Brian. You've seen more concerts than me, and you're never going to let me forget it. You've seen more cool rock shows and roll than me. selling. Seriously, yeah. Uh, well, might have been. You're with, a very lucky uh, man. I never, I never got to see Tina do a. I never got to see Tina do a concert. I saw her do an award show that we worked oh, on at VH1, uh-huh. and she came out and sang with Elton, and it was great. But I would have given anything right. to have been able to see her do a real live show. Right. She here, hasn't toured in many, many years. John on uh, Billy Preston and George Carlin on one night there. Whoa. I saw Billy Preston several times. I saw George Carlin many times. Mm-hmm. Never had the Sean Nana experience mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. yeah I Thanks, saw man. George Carlin. Okay. I d- appreciate it, Bill. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. What a, what a, go setlist.fm. Seriously, all you nerds, go back and relive your memories and don't be depressed like I do. Don't sit in the dark and cry and think about when you were in your 20s seeing lots of shows because you didn't have a kid yet all right we got to take a break is is keith price really in the building is keith price really going to be here we got to go take yeah. a quick break when we come back people of earth we will be taking your calls at 866-997-4748 but more importantly than that the alpha and the omega the spiritual leader of several million buddhists keith price will join us right here and slay some fools we'll be right back on progress Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Thunderdome. I, I, I listen. It was just a monster hit. Okay, and and the greatest tragedy of Tina Turner's death is that she has left us. But the second greatest tragedy would be if too many people decided this was the time to go back and watch Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. You don't need to watch. She's great in it. Okay, you can see her scenes on YouTube. You don't need to watch the Mad Max franchise come to a screeching, overproduced, big budget. No, it's not a Chris. I'll I was go a back kid when that came out. Listen, I'll I was go a kid when that came out. I was so excited so was to see I. it. I love the Road Warrior, and Mad Max. It, it just looks like they gave George Miller so much money, mm-hmm. and and he just was backed into a corner with this Maurice Jarre soundtrack that just tried to be David Lean, and it just it, it's mm-hmm. nine movies fighting each other. It doesn't work. Go watch look, Fury Road instead. I love it. I look. I I agree with you, but I also will watch it just to see Mel Gibson's blowout. He has got some <laughs> His hair amazing. going. It's, it's I mean, true. It's well, like, he has because he's warrior. wearing a lot of extensions. Extensions. He's, a, he's the warrior of the wasteland who spends six I hours know. a day in the salon. Oh, my God. Who run Buttertown? Who, who run Buttertown? Who run Buttertown? Master Blaster run Buttertown. Why didn't Tina do more movies after that? She's so good in it. But you don't need to see it. Um, this is my kind of night. We're playing nothing but Tina Turner and Bob Dylan. We, of course, are mourning the loss of the greatest voice in rock. And we are celebrating that Bob is somehow 82, which isn't supposed to happen when you party as hard as that old man has done. I need someone smarter than me, more attractive than me, sexier than me more moral than me, and that's not hard to find, but fortunately, we've also got Keith Price. Comedian, actor, writer, broadcaster extraordinaire, Keith was the first openly gay black radio host at Sirius XM. He co-anchored the morning show on the late lamented breakthrough channel OutQ. Do your soul a favor and catch his wonderful Broadway podcast, Keith Price's Curtain Call. Even if you don't like Broadway, it's a way to spend some time with our comedy daddy, Keith Price. Hi, Keith. Hey, John. How you doing, Daddy-O? What's going down? Um, I'm very good. Morning, morning, uh, Anime Bullock today. But we've been playing uh, a lot of great music. And just, you know, I began the show talking about her versus Ron DeSantis, because they're the two big news stories of the day. And it's incredible that her whole life was the opposite of DeSantis's, because her whole life was all about authenticity. She did not shy away from talking about how deeply unhappy her life is, how much pain and failure and suffering she had in her life. And I think that that's an even greater legacy, even greater than her music, was that she was one of the first 
famous people to speak candidly about domestic abuse and that she became a hero to battered women and men who care and a symbol for everyone of of strength and surviving the worst part of your life. And DeSantis is just basically trying to be the worst part of our lives. So, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Total opposites there. I feel it. <laughs> yeah. And DeSantis is just trying to be as mean as Ike. And if he can't oh be as mean God. as Ike, he'll pretend to be. And it's really tiresome Ugh. to watch. How are you, Keith? I am really well, actually. I, I Again, that was a little it was a little upsetting to hear about Tina Turner today because I was actually at work at. Um, the Lunt Fontaine Theater, which was the home of Tina the musical. That's right. Which was a, the it was a musical that was there right before Sweeney Todd. So it was just That's like right. when everybody heard the news, it was just kind of like oh. And then they were all telling their stories about how the night of opening night when Tina Turner showed up for Tina, and how you know the the room lost their minds. Like it was oh my god, Tina, you know. And yeah. I think Oprah was like in the front row somewhere. So I was like oh my god, Tina, Oprah, Tina, Oprah. There's a lot going on, and. Um, <laughs> But I mean, it was like, I just, it, you know, when you hear that story, it's like, I think about, you know, the first time ever seeing um, Tommy yeah. and she coming out as a gypsy, the, the, the acid, acid queen, queen. and yeah. being just like, oh my God, that's the same proud Mary woman. Like, wow. She's like totally exciting and crazy because I was a little anglified at the time. And then um, <laughs> I don't like to say Oreo because that's so rude. Um, of course, I understand. But um, I also was into Wonder Woman, too. So go figure. Um, at the same time, she it was wonderful to watch her have these really great moments because, you know, I was too young to know the backstory stuff until I got older. Like, you know, we were right. I was like nine, ten when Tommy came out. Not even wait. Tommy came out, what, like 75, 76? I think 75. Yeah, around there. Yeah, so I was like nine years old, eight years, nine years old when I saw Tommy for the first time. That that moment, and do you think it's all right to leave the kids with Uncle Early? It's like, oh my God, I don't need this. I don't need this. I was yeah. freaking out, but I was living for the Acid Queen. So Back when and- the Who was writing molester carols. Yeah, good times. Good times. <laughs> Our hearts were young and so- gay. So, yeah. So but when she hit, you know, in the in the mid 80s, I was like a teenager. So I was ready for all of that private dance, the sass, which is one of my favorite karaoke numbers. If you catch me drunk, it's fabulous. Nice. I do have a whole Dutch marks of dollars number. <laughs> American Express will do nicely. Thank you. Let me loosen up your collar. Come on, do you all this? See is, this is our night for like live again. music on the radio, Chris. This is amazing. <laughs> Are you yeah, kidding? Keith, do you know that we had listeners call in and play us a song into the off guitar into their phone? Yeah. Oh, wow. They, they for Bob Dylan's birthday. Yeah. How, how autistic and very fabulous our audience listenership is. It's fantastic. All that talent. <laughs> all that well, talent you. out there. there there's, yeah, I there's mean, a, go ahead. What? What were you well, there's say? a lot. There's a lot we have to go through tonight, and I want to talk about a lot of stories yes. in the news with you. But we also have a lot of our evil, evil army of the night who want to weigh in and talk. So you want to take some calls and talk Let's to some riffraff, folks? We it. are at eight six six nine nine seven forty seven forty eight. If you call, we promise you will get through on the air this hour. Uh, let's go to Dean calling from L.A. Hi, Dean. You're on Sirius XM with uh, the great Keith Price and myself. Welcome, uh, Mr. Price and Mr. Fugleson. Hello. Hi, Dean. How are you? Yeah, rough night. Losing one of the best. Yeah, I, I will say there there is a through line for uh, you know for Ron DeSantis and Tina Turner. 
Uh, Tell me. Rhonda and Tina could both really sport go-go boots. Ah, very nice. <laughs> well, you know what? They both knew how to work in heels. I'll tell you. They both knew Boom, how to work in heels. There you go. He's yep. got to work on the heels, though, yeah. No, he's uh, doing very well on the heels. Look at any, look at any, just, just Google a picture of Ron DeSantis heels and see the kind of boots the guy wore and you'll see what we talk about. I love a guy yeah. who hates drag queens and wears high heels in public. It's beautiful. <laughs> just wait. I'm waiting for the, you know, the uh, 18 millimeter from his youth coming out at some point. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, in regards to Tina, I did want to share with you, you know, I call every time being a limo uh, guy. Oh, my experience me, with, with each celeb as uh, as we lose them, <laughs> and Tina Turner, uh, I actually, early on, I was driving for another company before I started my own. And I got to hear this. My boss sent me on a run, and he said, uh, it's a bit of an emergency. You need to get over to, you know, such and such a studio in North Hollywood uh, right away. You need to pick somebody up. And it was Ronnie Turner. And, of course... I don't realize who Ronnie Turner is. I'm, okay, great. I'm on my way. Okay. And then he tells me, uh, yeah, he needs to get off the set of Tina Turner's music video because he's making a scene. <laughs> I went ahead and uh, headed on over. Uh, security guards are waiting with there for me to escort me over. And here's okay. a guy out the it was I guess her last music video she was working on this is like around two thousand like fifteen years ago like two thousand seven okay. yeah and, she had uh, stopped she had mostly stopped touring by then go ahead mm-hmm. yeah and I, I pull up it was like her one last try at let's see if I can re you know reintroduce my career or something um, and uh, there's this guy with carrying a bass because Ronnie was a bassist okay and. He is screaming every obscenity you can think of. Everybody around him. <laughs> God, I, what the hell? You'll be, get off my face. You know, and... Um, and Ron, this is Ronnie thinking, Tina's son we're talking about, right? Ronnie Tina's son? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, and Ronnie he's the one. He's, he's the one that we, he's that we lost as well. He's, he's the one who yeah, has, he has left us. Yeah, Yeah. But, she um, lost both of her... She outlived, both of, she outlived is, both of her children, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't know yeah. that. They're yeah. throwing a fit because they're telling him, you can't, you can't be in the video. And uh, he's like, damn, well, should be, and get me on there, all that. And I see in the back, in the kind of the shade of the, the the roll top of the stage, and there's Tina. And I kind of give her a little wave, like, hi there, I'm, I'm here to, I'll take it from here. <laughs> like, oh, crap, I'm about to get this. I'm supposed to put this guy in my car, huh? And okay. Tina walks up. She comes over and she gets, she looks and goes, "Thank you so much." Shakes my hand like, "I really appreciate this, Ronnie boy. You got to go home, sleep this off. I love you, my son. You be good." <sighs> and wow. turns and walks away. And Ronnie totally piped down and wow. He even apologized. I'm so sorry. I was making a scene. I'm just mad. Wow. Uh, that's and Ike I Turner's had a nice son. Ride the whole way. Ike Turner's son respected women. Well, yeah. Well, eventually, he did. Well, I, you know, he may have had a little too much of the uh, you know recreational stuff, but I got that did. vibe from the story. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, wow. But he I was mean, all he right. just died. He, he just died before Christmas. I, I believe he was in his sixties, and he, he had 
he had cancer as well. So God bless yeah, him. I mean, imagine, and her uh, other son I, committed suicide five years ago. So just imagine outliving right. both of your kids. I mean, wow. Same, but I got to thank Tina for making that ride, uh, you know, a little more um, enjoyable. I can only imagine. So you never actually drove Tina. You drove Ronnie, but you got to interact no, with Tina. No, I, I didn't drive Tina. I drove Ron. That's still a great story. I, I have great also, story. as far as bassists go, I've driven Bootsy Collins, too. Oh, well, now you're just showing off. Yeah, you're just showing off now, pal. (laughs) Yeah, you want to know who else? (laughs) Who else? (laughs) Oh, a whole lot of bands that have numbers, like Maroon 5, Okay. 52s Very nice. B-52s are great. I had a blast. They've been on our show. They've actually been on this show. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Bootsy uh, Collins is still alive, I think. Bootsy's very much alive, as far as I know. Yes, he is. If he died, I didn't hear about it. No, very much alive. That'll tell you. Yeah. Okay. He's very much alive. Let's call and ask him. Well, hey, I thank you, Dean. That's really, yeah. really cool. You, you've had a brush yeah, with greatness that I never came down. close I'll to. I'll drive you, too. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'm, I'm ready to be driven. Thank you. you. I'm not going to rent a car. I'll call you. You're the sexy liberal show. How's that? There you go. <laughs> All right. That thank you. Nice. Coming up October 21st at the Saban Theater in Beverly Hills. Come on go. down. Yeah. I'll hire some paparazzi and have them show up for you. Oh, yeah, because paparazzi are all about Nobody the little comics. That's it. That's it. Hey, thanks so much for the call and for the story, Dean. I really appreciate right, it. Man. Take care. You're welcome. I'll see you. 866-997-GRIT. Teeth, I got to say, is, as to, yeah, oh, yes, it's our producer, Chris Houseelt. Hi. This is this is how it has to work. You go out Tell to me. the Sexy Liberal show, yes. and then I show up wasted, and okay. then you, ha- you call Dean to come pick me up and take me back to the hotel and get me out of ah. there. And then I get all belligerent, and then you come out to the limo, and you shake his hand. You're like, hey, thanks for this. Chris, got to get inside. Got to go sleep this one off. Can I wear a wig when I do it? (laughs) Yeah, as long as it's like, you know, kind of poofy, spiky. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A a short, little shimmery cocktail dress. Wow. Very nice. That's exactly the shimmery one. Yeah. You know the one I mean. You know the one I mean. Sequins, All right. darling. Well, that's, as long as I don't get in his car, that'll be fine. But you know what, Keith? Honestly, as sad as it is to lose Tina, it gives us something to talk about other than the goddamn debt ceiling. I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of the I, games these people are playing. And, and well, they're, they're say, playing a dangerous game with all of us. And again, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I. This is we we saw this coming that at some point the, they were just going to continue to run the country right into the ground, and now we're seeing it happen. And you know this they don't care about the debt ceiling. What was it? Matt no. Gates just recently opened his fat mouth about you know not negotiating with the hostage or whatever the hell he it was. Said, he said he said it was a hot. He said it was hostage. You're right. You're exactly right. That's his oh, words. No. So you, you know so their their plan is to either play chicken with the economy. And then flinch at the last minute or see what happens if we go all the way and just let it happen and what 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 the repercussions of that's going to be like. And let's just watch the ripple because we can do that and let's see how powerful and strong we are. And we're going to wind up getting, for the lack of a better term, fucked because of this. And so, you know, as as far as the the MTGs and Laura Boberts and, you know, all of these assholes <laughs> who are basically mm-hmm. wasting the time and money of this country to to keep pulling all this bullshit and bullcrap while you know there's actual things that they should be doing and could be doing that they're not doing That's you know right. I, it's 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 annoying as fuck to keep watching and you know again like i said 
I don't know what else to do. You know, that's within the limits of the law. <laughs> let's just let's put it that way, because I, I don't know what else is left. I mean, you you yeah. can't talk to them. You can't reason with them. You can't have logical discussions. My favorite was that Midas touched people. They put out that clip about <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene asking for decorum in the House and the whole Democratic side is just laughing. And it's how like, funny is that? Chris, did you hear that clip? Did you did you hear when Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, in the House? Oh, it's great. Oh, we got to play it. We got to play it. It's so beautiful. She demands decorum in the House and you hear all the Democrats in the well of the House just crack up. Like I'll, I'll find all, it and send you a link. Of all the people on this God's green earth. This is what she's giving to demand you. Like, decorum to demand decorum. The monkey throwing feces at the zookeeper is the one demanding decorum decorum. And and, you know, the thing is, is that there's a part of the Democratic side that would almost entertain it. I'm glad that they laughed at her. But, you know, deep down, they wanted to just try to be like, well, we don't want to be like them. We, we of course, we we, we, we want to show that we can do decorum. But it's like the time for decorum is over. And, you know, if they if they, you know, I, I really think at some point. <laughs> And this is just wishful thinking Tell that me. we're going to eventually elevate to the level of like those parliaments where you see them just fucking brawling. Because oh, that's what I want. That's what I want. Because because that's I think that's really that's all that's left now. I don't I, I really don't feel because someone has to go up to like Matt Gates and just smack the living spit out of him across that five head of his. You know what I'm that's saying? Karma's like, job. That's karma's job. Keith. Well, we're never going to get to I, do that. Well, I'm just saying. You know, Kamala, could she needs to step it up a bit. Like, you know, let's chop, chop, girl, because, you know, we got a debt ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to get some some charges or something going on. Like, we need to see some indictments. We need to see more popping going on because, honestly, we don't have a lot more time. Because, again, and I say this every time, we have not fixed this whole voting system operational thing. We've just kind Correct. of like all pushed that shit to the side. We haven't gotten rid of Mr. DeJoy. We still have this whole issue going on about, you know, you can't bring water. You can't give food to people. Standing like Preach. we still are dealing with all of that. And we're not talking about that anymore because we have all these other things going on. But, you know, fundamentally, if we could have that shit fixed, we can take care of all these other things because, you know what, we can go in and vote these mother scratchers out and get shit done. But yes. until people people figure out what they want to do, I, I don't know what what's left. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, I can show up I and know. vote, but clearly voting in New York well, really no, doesn't. No, but, but I mean, no, you got to show up. No, you. but we have to still show up and vote. And the whole point is we have to try to get right. turnout to be as high as possible and blah, blah, blah. But I, I understand all the Republican, all the Democrats, rather, who are so frustrated with the White House on this, because what is the plan? The Republicans were able to actually get together and vote on an incredibly shitty plan. And we mm -hmm. all laughed at it. But at the end of the day, they have a plan and they're bragging about it now. And I respect Biden's original point of view. We're not negotiating this. We can negotiate the budget, but not raising the debt. But that didn't work for Bill Clinton. That didn't work for Barack Obama. It only works for Republicans. Mm -hmm. Democrats can't use basic logic. And so I, you know, I, I hope Biden has a couple tricks up his sleeve. But honestly, I am just so tired, Keith, that this has been dragged on for so long. It's going to probably drag on until midnight mm -hmm. on, on June the 1st. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, who's the ref here? Like, who's the ref in this? It's just going to be hecklers beating up on this old man. And we have to just sit there and watch it. That's that's the democratic you know, process right now. Because I'm, I'm waiting for like um, like a Mondaire Jones and, you know, a Hakeem Jeffries 
Like I'm, I'm ready for some folks to just take off the earrings, AOC and them, kick off the heels, and then just put them up. Because I, I yeah. honestly, I honestly don't know. Like I said, how else? Because honestly, like I said, Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? Why right as soon as she starts opening her mouth, someone should just smack and just shut her up? Because no, she's we, we not, do not. We 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 do not endorse physical you, violence here. We do not do endorse not physical endorse, violence here. You, you do not endorse that. But I'm gonna speak for myself because at this point now, I there's nothing left. There's nothing left. I know. Like what? what, what I'd, are you I'd rather smack her with facts. I'd rather smack her with what's really in the Bible. I mean, look, we, we do that. She, Everybody does but, that every day, and it doesn't. Is she the problem, or is she the symptom of the problem? I mean, when I see Marjorie Taylor Greene, I see someone who does a lot of fundraising for Democrats. A lot of Democrats. <laughs> Are going to get a lot of votes. Joe Biden's going to say her name so many times to get votes for himself. She's a cartoon villain. And I'm glad that Democrats, Democrats don't have cartoon villains. They have, you know, relatives of politicians who are fuck ups. They've always got a Billy Carter or a Roger Clinton or a Hunter Biden or God knows who. But Democrats don't have these evil little Satan turds that come out there and just try to light the house on fire. They don't. (laughs) Well, they don't. But you know what? Sadly, could we have like maybe one or two of them? Just you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) just just what you know? Like, we we don't need a whole brigade. But Democratic one or two. Democratic ones are in the media. They're all in the media. They're celebrities. They're activists. They're not people in Congress. You know what I mean? But uh, true. But I mean, just just one or two. That's all I want. Like that's that are just not afraid to go. You know what? Listen, you over there. You still keep talking. Keep talking because I'm gonna come over there. Don't make me come yeah. over there. But again, but again the, villain, the villain here is the media, Keith, because, you know, the media needs a villain. The media needs we all need a villain. And so there are Democrats who get in their face and who bring, fight like hell every day. And you, you'll see them on camera occasionally. But Marjorie mm-hmm. Taylor Greene is such a villain. She's TV crack, even more so than Boebert, <laughs> as much as Gates. As much as Speaking Gates. of, I, again, I have yes. a clip. Well, yeah, the clip. So here, here's the clip. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, the most powerful person in Washington, <laughs> filling in for McCarthy because she gets to do that now because that's part of the deal with Satan. McCarthy kissed the cloven hoof and she got a gig. Uh, here she is uh, telling the Democrats how adults are supposed to behave. Give a listen. <laughs> The members are reminded to abide by decorum of the House. (laughs) It's like Ike Turner talking about me too, right? It's like if Ike Turner came out and said, time's up, motherfucker. Like that. Oh my God, it's still. be in order. It's beautiful. (laughs) I want order. No, you don't, baby. I'm sorry, but but yeah, decorum tips from her. That's that's tax from tips that? from Willie Nelson. That's what that is. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Tax tips from Wesley Snipes. Tax <laughs> tips from Wesley Snipes. Zach in Tennessee, you're on Serious XM Progress with the great Keith Price. How are you? Hey, John and Keith and Chris. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? Hey, hey. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene asking for decorum is like Hannibal Lecter uh, going into McDonald's and saying, I want a salad. Very nice. Yes. <laughs> I'm like you're demanding salads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give, me some, give me some vegetables. Um, anyway, 
I'm with Keith. I want some. I want some people to. I want some street fighters in the Democratic Party. Oh, you guys little, are going to get me in trouble. We do not no. support violence here on the Love Fest. No, we support I mean, nonviolence and ridicule. Verbal. 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 <laughs> verbal. Okay. Verbal. There you go. Okay. No. Like. All right. All right. I yield. Okay. All right. Um, because for as much as <laughs> for the I sake of argument, right? I mean, you know, as much the legal as department I, might be listening. You Philistines, what do you want from me? Go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I I kind of get a little bit embarrassed. I feel like Joe Biden has almost been outplayed a little bit by the by Kevin McCarthy. It's kind of embarrassing. That's early. Uh, Don't say I that. It's too early. It's too early. Too early. No. Well. I, I did have one quick thing. Um, I'll tie it back to uh, Tina Turner. And uh, Please. when I was listening to Ron, um, uh, I, I call him Ron Bot with the way he acts. Uh, his uh, <laughs> motions are not hum- humanoid. Uh, more mechanical. But when I was listening to him on Twitter Spaces, it made me think of like Tina Turner. And, you know, she had her, you know, she could shout, but she also had a sweet voice. Barack mm. Obama, he could command, but he also had those dulcet tones. Bill Clinton, you know, of course, he had the great speakers. Southern boy thing. But, great speakers. And, and Biden, Biden has his dulcet tones, but Ron only has this level of uh, inflection. And I don't know. That's all he has. He sounds, he always sounds like Laura Ingram with her leg caught in a bear trap. Oh. That's the only way he sounds. Oh man, he is the to- he is like the male Laura Ingram, and I just don't know That's if people can deal with that. Um, I did want to say uh, I'm not. I, hang on, Laura. How do you know Laura Ingram's not the male Laura Ingram? Yeah, I did it. I went there. I went there. <laughs> I, I had to go make name. an Ann Coulter Adam's apple um, joke about Laura Ingram, which was outdated ten told, years ago. I'm sorry. Send me your angry letters. Go ahead. Keith Olbermann dated her. Keith Olbermann dated her. So he did not date her. He did not date her. Keith did not date her. Laura Ingram. Yeah, oh, Laura Ingram. Did he date Laura Ingram? Yeah. Yeah, oh, he, dated some, he dated a Christian cinema. I know he, he dated Christian. Listen, I know. Keith can't stop talking about how he dated Katie Tour. I, I don't know. know why. What is up with Keith that he feels the need to I, drop his ex's names into every one of his, I'm burning down yeah. the house that paid me 10 years ago. I love his podcast, but my God. I know. It's, it's, it's mad because uh, he hasn't done the show. A, it's a... It's, it's a tag. And it they're all like, cringe. can I just say, though? They're all yes. dubious women. But for all <laughs> of those are. women. Katie Tour, oh, Katie Tour is not a dubious woman. He dated Katie Tour. No, She's fine. No, but I, I meant, yeah, it was just like, I was dating Imelda Marcos. <laughs> but, I mean, like, Olderman does this thing. And, and on his podcast, he, he has to end every podcast with a segment he calls Things I Promise Not to Say, where he tells all these outrageous stories about how they made him talk about Lewinsky too much in 98 or something. It's, he does it every day. He says, Keith Burns his last remaining bridges because he has the money and doesn't care. But in almost every right, one, yeah. he has to mention, I went back to my apartment and saw my girlfriend, Katie Turr at the time. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine Katie Tour like flinching at the anchor imagine. It's like it's like it's like having one of the biggest mistakes of your dating history just come back up like, you know, like uh, I mean, maybe like, not. You know what I mean? You just, I, but you know what I mean? I, I, for me, if I were like Katie and all these other women, I would be like Will Smith with them and be like, keep my name out your mouth. That's it. Keep I, my know. Name I know. Out your mouth. I know. It's embarrassing. Keep my name out your MF and mouth. Like, really? Like. Because, ew, like, stop reminding me that I had, like, one drunken encounter. We don't it know into a for a fact that the, these women are embarrassed of having dated Keith Olbermann. We don't know that. 
Dating Keith Olbermann was a pretty dating Keith was a pretty hip thing for a a couple of years there. So come on now, let's 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 assume it ended amicably. Ew. Yeah. So let me uh, let me leave you with this. I appreciate it. I got to see the one of my best concert values, and see, I, live, I, I grew up in Northeast Tennessee, so we didn't get to see, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of acts coming through here. Never got to see yeah. Tina, wow. but I did get to see the Rolling Stones in 1997 in Nashville for twenty nine dollars. Nice. Me and my girlfriend uh, got, yeah, for, check this out. It was Ticketmaster. It was down at uh, Vanderbilt, and it was said uh, behind the, the stage. Bridges to Babylon tour. Bridges to Babylon, right? Bridges to Babylon. So, so it said behind stage, no stage view. But what happened was they had these catwalks that came out, kind of like almost behind the stage, and yeah, we yeah. were ten rows from Mick Keith, and then they did the bridge, which you if you remember that, and they played like yeah. nine songs from the middle of the arena. So that was that's my, right. That was and my best it, concert. Value. It works. That so there are some acts that you can see from sitting behind the stage, like Billy Joel. He's at a piano for most of the show, so you get a profile, not his back. I saw mm. the first time I saw you 2 on the Octung Baby Tour, I was behind the stage, my brother and I, like fourth row. Oh. It was freaking incredible. They played to the whole room. Yeah. So some acts you can that do be, that with, that and it's not cool. a problem. Yeah. That would be cool. Others, though, set up. Uh, others, you just have a guy playing guitar with his back to you, and you don't see their face the whole time, you know. You're watching the screen. Well, that's, that is the great bit. That's the great yes. bit. That's, yes, <laughs> but, uh, exactly. anyways, Jerry didn't run well, around a lot of catwalks at the Dead Show. Well, thank no, you, Zach. Not, not much. All right, guys. Good night. It's a pleasure. Right. Thank you so much. Uh, hey, let's go to Mitch and Kent State. Keith, while we have the time, Mitch, you're on with Comedy Daddy. John, hey, Mitchie. So good, so good to hear you, buddy. Uh, a lot of good rock and roll stories tonight, John. Yeah. Uh, my brother is a lighting tech, and uh, one of his first jobs was the Live Aid show. So, uh, no, Tini was there for that. But uh, wow, I got to measure That's the great. OJ's for tuxedos. How about that one? <laughs> Your brother got to measure the OJ's for tuxedos. No, I did. I, I measured. Did. The, I measured the OJ's for tuxedos. That's pretty fucking hip. That's pretty fucking hip. Yeah. When was this? Yeah. Around like uh, backstabbers uh, time? Seventy uh, four. Love train five. time. Okay. I, I, uh, it was in Canton. They're from Canton, Ohio. And uh, wow. so we came back home for a homecoming tour. And uh, so we have to go to the hotel there. Uh, and, uh, and they bought tuxedos off this. So it was pretty cool. Are we uh, are we talking like black tuxedos or like the ruffled powder blue? Oh, the ruffled. Yeah, this is the 70s. Ruffled, you, can, you can, yeah, the Ooh. ruffled shirts. Ooh, yeah, Ooh the ruffled. Yeah. Like the kind of tuxedos they used to put Ray Charles in and Ray didn't know he was wearing that shit? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the big, the big, all the bow ties. Keith, oh, yeah. you know, you know how they dressed Ray Charles in the '80s. It wasn't right. It wasn't right, Keith Price. <laughs> a lot of polyester. Craig Shoemaker <laughs> used to open for the Craig Shoemaker used to open for Ray Charles, and he he will agree. They put him in these fucking green tuxedos. He didn't know he was wearing. I'm just just putting yeah. it out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm Bill Bonds. Uh, John, you know, in, in tribute to uh, to uh, Bob Dylan, a couple of uh, um, songs uh, dedicated to uh, DeSantis. Uh, Musked up confusion. Remember that one? Musked up confusion. Very nice. Like that, and then, of course, idiot wind. That, that, that very good. Thing. Very good. Idiot wind. Uh, I approve. Uh, John, another thing on Tina, they just had, they just finished up that uh, the, the musical here in Cleveland. Just finished up last week. Now, Keith, you oh, saw wow. the show, right? I saw. The, How did you yeah, like it? The original cast. I was loved it worthy. It. Yeah. It, you know what? It was basically like watching what's love got to do with it, partially. And mostly on stage, right. down to the disco inferno number. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. 
it was, you know, for me, I got to see it with the original cast and it was wonderful because it just was a nice celebration. Again, it was one of those things where, ooh, look at all these black people on stage. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I was like, ooh, and there's Tina Turner. You know what I mean? Like, you know what, man? I, I, I hope it gets a revival now. I would love to have a chance to see it's, it because I never got to see her it, live. I mean, honestly, it, it closed at the Lunt Fontaine back in August of last year. Yeah. Just- and so it's still kind of in a ripe space. To, it is. Still- the costumes are still warm. Touring. Mitch. You're a gentleman. Thank you, Keith Price. How do our listeners? How do our listeners follow you and keep up with all your many doings as a they dancer? They can find well, my dancing, of course, on TikTok. Um, they can find me at Comedy Daddy on the Twitter and KeithPriceComic.com for everything else. And Wonderful. keep healed, I want to we're talking about you, all Mr. kinds of groovy stuff. Price. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, most of all, to Thea Harper, who gets to go off on a vacation now and take a break from me and Chris for a few days. All praise uh-huh. the Queen. Thank you, Thea, for making us happy to come to our jobs every day. Keep it tuned to progress. We'll be back tomorrow night, and I can't wait to have you here. And if you're impressed a Florida governor could raise $100 million to beat Donald Trump, well, kids, that's what Jeb Bush did, too. We'll see you tomorrow.